Warning, this episode contains a graphic description of a sexual assault. You're listening to Trouble with the Truth, a podcast about journalists in danger and the stories that get them in trouble. I'm your host, Lana Estimirova. I was always going to do a podcast on Chechnya, but didn't realize that I would start it so soon. It was one video that changed my plans, or rather a couple of screenshots from it. The content was so disturbing that I couldn't bring myself to watch it, even reading about it made me nauseous. In that video, a 19-year-old teenager, Salman Tipsurkaev, who's wearing nothing apart from a baseball cap, kneels on the floor looks directly into the camera and denounces that telegram channel, saying that he was one of the admins. He says that he's punishing himself for his unbecoming behavior and other admins will follow the suit. He then rapes himself with a glass bottle while his face is distorted with pain. After that, the video cuts off. This is another day in Ramzan Kadyrov's Chechnya. In this episode, I'll do the talking. I'm from Chechnya, after all. I spoke with a couple of journalists who write about Chechnya and will incorporate the responses into this podcast without revealing their identities. As you carry on listening, you'll see why. The goal of the video with Salman is quite obvious. It was to send a message to anyone who dares to criticize the regime and get personal. But there's something else. By forcing Salman to call himself a woman and rape himself, whoever did this to him wanted to emasculate him. In the highly patriarchal culture, being called a woman is considered the greatest insult after, of course, offending one's mother. But instead, we've been seeing something extraordinary. There has been an outpouring of sympathy and compassion mixed with outrage towards the perpetrators. Some people even recorded angry messages revealing their faces and sent them to a dad telegram channel. Such was the level of outrage. I often hear this phrase when it comes to Chechnya, we hit the rock bottom whenever there's a new murder or a new imprisonment. It sounds like a cliche, but it really sums things up very well. Salman's public humiliation prompted hundreds of people to say this in unison. This was another rock bottom. This is what Adat Telegram channel has to say about Salman. For us, Salman Tipsurkaev is a worthy representative of his people. Living at the very heart of Kadyrov's Chechnya, he was not afraid to speak out against those criminals. He was failed by his naivety and trust in people. Salman was better than most of us because he found courage to confront the injustice instead of applauding its triumph. In order to understand this incident, we need to look at the context. How did a telegram channel criticizing Kadyrov's regime become such a sore thumb for the authorities? So, for Chechens living in a very repressive environment, messengers such as Telegram and WhatsApp are more than means of communication. They're kind of an informal media through which people pass on the news, swap gossip and even raise money for charity. These messengers, along with Instagram, became popular because of their anonymity. The way it works, 
a person starts a group on WhatsApp, let's say, and adds however many people he likes, uh, people that he knows and trusts. Trust is very important. It then becomes a platform on which they can discuss openly what's happening in Chechnya, the kidnappings and murders of innocent people, the corruption and bribery, and the latest outrageous comments made by Ramzan Kadyrov. Facebook never caught on in Chechnya because it's quite confusing and too public. Telegram is built with impenetrable encryption codes and has channels, a one-way messaging system that allows the admins to post securely while subscribers can read all the posts. At that, uh, the Telegram channel that was mentioned by Salman in the video was started uh, in late March and quickly became very popular. They described themselves as people's movement against Kadyrov's dictatorship. In Chechen, uh, adat is a term or a concept that is used to describe a set of laws and norms that govern society, rooted in tradition and followed by many generations. Uh, the adat channel functioned as a news outlet. It exposed human rights abuses, the injustice and inequality of Kadyrov's regime. They wrote about secret prisons and unlawful detentions of Chechen civilians, helping to generate noise. In the Republic, where official state channels exist solely to prop up the regime and flatter Kadyrov, alternative media such as Adat is where Chechens could really find out what's happening. The bigger it grew, the more attention it got from the authorities. There was even a dedicated team that was task with finding Kadyrov's critics and making them pay the price, and that was their priority. Finally, on 6th of September, at quarter to four, they snatched Salman. He was working as a server in a hotel restaurant outside of Chechnya. While he was on his shift, two men approached him and started dragging him towards their car. The young man managed to shake them off, run back to the hotel and beg the reception to call the police. The hotel guards tried to intervene, but one of the kidnappers showed them a Ministry of Internal Affairs ID. They took Salman away, and the next day, the video with a bottle was passed on the social media. Chechnya was never a safe region for foreign and domestic journalists. After two wars with Russia, the region was occupied by Russian military that was later replaced by Ramzan Kadyrov's own private militia that was also part of the Russian state. The head of Chechnya swore an oath to Vladimir Putin. Uh, During the wars and during the first years of Kadyrov's reign, foreign and Russian journalists could visit Chechnya. They would do so discreetly, entering through neighborhood republics and often avoided staying in hotels. However, as Kadyrov continued to consolidate his power, it was becoming too dangerous to report on the region, and it concerned journalists and human rights activists. The event that changed everything I know all too well. On 15th of July 2009, my own mother, Natalia Stimirova, was kidnapped outside our home while I was sleeping and found dead several hours later. She was a human rights activist and a journalist who exposed the crimes against civilians perpetrated by Russian military and then Kadyrov's regime and was not afraid to speak under her name. Eleven years after the murder, barely anyone dares to criticize Kadyrov openly. They know what happens if they do. 
Over the past years, many journalists were imprisoned, threatened, beaten, and forced to flee the republic. Yelena Milashina from the Russian independent newspaper Nova Gazeta is one of the few reporters who consistently writes about Chechnya. She received numerous threats, including ones coming directly from Kadyrov, and was physically assaulted in Grozny at the start of this year. Needless to say, the police didn't do much after she filed the report. One of the most effective and sinister tools of repression introduced by Kadyrov, something that my mother spoke out against, is a principle of collective responsibility. So... If you somehow cross the regime, say you criticize the government, not only your life is under threat, but the lives of your family and most distant relatives. It can be your third cousin that you've met twice in your life. This really complicates the work of the journalists who write about Chechnya, especially if they're from the region. Uh, Public denunciations and apologies is another control tactic used by Chechen authorities. Uh, the latest example is Salman's father, who recorded a video in which he denounces his own son, saying that he was no good and he never listened to the elders. Watching that video is quite horrifying because you know that Salman's father has a wife and other children and, and, and relatives, and he needs to think about that when denouncing his own child. Ahmed Zakayev, a former prime minister of the Chechen Republic of Ichkeria, who is in exile in the UK, recorded a message in support of Salman Tsipsurkayev linking himself to the Adat channel. He metaphorically said that uh, he's an admin of the channel, like j- just like every Chechen. Magomed Daudov, uh, the speaker of Chechen parliament and Kadyrov's right-hand man, uh, his nickname is Lord, he took the statement very literally and responded by saying that Zakayev will be held responsible. His announcement was followed by the so-called People's Council that took place across Chech- multiple Chechen villages. Zakayev's brothers and sisters were detained in Chechnya and later forced to denounce their relative, calling him a traitor. So this is something that local journalists and activists have to consider when doing their job. So how do the journalists gather information? The journalists that I spoke to said that they use WhatsApp and Instagram uh, for their work because everything ends up there almost right away. However, it's always a struggle to find the original source and to double check everything. Of course, the biggest concern is safety of their sources. It's almost impossible to get anyone to talk on record. When that happens, the sources are usually presented as anonymous or journalists use pseudonyms. Sometimes when a person is in a very desperate situation, he or she will say that they will come forward and use their own name, in which case it's up to the journalist to use their own judgment. It's also quite difficult to get a commentary from Kadyrov and his officials because, well, they're not very keen to talk to independent newspapers, but there's always a way. He usually uses Chechen State TV as a megaphone and doesn't shy away from lengthy rants on Instagram. He's known to comment even on the smallest gossips that come to his attention. In his statements, Kadyrov is also making clear that 
not only he wants to control Chechens who live in the Republic, but also those who claim asylum in Europe. There is quite a sizable diaspora across the European countries. This is a warning sign for his critics living abroad. There's now an assassination trail that stretches across Europe. In February, blogger Imran Aliyev, who criticized Kadyrov, was murdered in France. In July, Mamikhan Umarov, another blogger, was shot in Vienna. In February also, perhaps the most famous YouTube critic of Kadyrov's regime, Tumso Abdurrahmanov, narrowly escaped death after his home was invaded by an assailant with a hammer. He overpowered his would-be murderer and recorded him on camera. The man lying in a pool of blood says, they have my mother. These are just several examples. It's becoming quite evident that there is no escape from Kadyrov, even abroad. And it seems like he has unlimited power and influence to pursue his critics. Salman is now considered to be missing. After the kidnapping, his mobile phone geolocation was tracked to a police station in Grozny. After the video with the bottle, he released several more in which he denounced and insulted himself and other admins of the Adat Telegram channel. Lawyers from the Committee Against Torture filed a case to the European Court of Human Rights. The ECHR urged Russia to investigate the case, asking detailed questions about Salman's whereabouts. It's important to note that Salman wasn't actually an official admin of the channel. He was one of the moderators of Adat's group chat. Other activists are still being hunted by Kadyrov's henchmen. We can only hope that safety measures that they follow, such as not telling each other real names or phone numbers will be sufficient to keep them alive. It's hard to imagine what that young man is being subjected to as I'm recording this podcast. He's a plaything in the hands of sadists and his fate remains unknown. But as with similar cases, publicity and international attention is something that can potentially save Salman's life. A couple of years ago, my mother's colleague from Memorial, Ayub Titiyev, who recorded human rights abuses, was arrested in Chechnya on trumped-up drug possession charges. Everyone stood at the defense of the honorable, modest man who already made many sacrifices for his job. It was the relentless international pressure and determination of his colleagues that forced Chechen authorities to release Ayub on parole. It wasn't safe for him to stay in Chechnya after the release, and he had to relocate. Salman is not the first victim of Kadyrov's regime, but what happened to him was particularly abhorrent. Raping and humiliation of men in detention is a not-so-well-hidden secret in Chechnya. It was used by the Russian military during the war and taken up by Kadyrovci. That's the name of Kadyrov's militia. But while many were aware of it and even went through this torture, to see physical evidence of this arguably cruelest tool of warfare was truly shocking. Recording this podcast was quite challenging, not only because it brought back painful memories, but also because once again I'm reminded that 11 years after my mother's murder, 
things have only got worse. But at the same time, it's always inspiring to see how journalists and activists continue to speak out against the injustices of Kadyrov's regime, even though they're driven underground. I would like to urge all listeners, please, don't forget about Chechnya. I hope that if enough people stand in solidarity with my tiny homeland, we can offer some protection to those making their lonely stand against the darkness.